Hi, I'm Jay Edidin. And I'm Miles Stokes. And normally you'd be listening to Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, a weekly podcast all about the ins, outs, retcons, clones, and time travel of comics' greatest superhero soap opera. But roughly every one out of four weeks, we talk hawks. This is Hawk Talk. Where we talk hawks. We already said that. Uh, Which brings us to the point that Hawk Talk is entirely unplanned and unedited. So you are getting us in our raw, sleep-deprived, entirely useless form. Huzzah! Just what you always wanted. If you're new Uh, to Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, we recommend that you go to a different episode for your first one, since this is not going to be particularly indicative of the general content or quality level that you'll expect from this podcast. mm Mm-hmm. That being said, we do our best to ramble entertainingly and, occasionally, educationally. Sometimes we learn things about ourselves, as people. So, Miles, what are this week's hawks? Uh, this week's hawks are bugs, which now that I think about it, is a horrifying mental image. Sweet. Yeah, so, Jay, you had suggested, um, in your continuing quest to have our Hawk Talk topics get more and more out there and random, that we talk about bugs today. That's not random. There are a lot of bugs. Bugs are make up the majority of animal species in, in the world. Chances are, either you or I are a bug. Maybe both of us. Who knows? If you're not Mystique, you're probably a bug. Yes, either Mystique or a bug. Those are the two genders. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, bugs. I I don't know. Where where do we start with bugs? Like you said, there are quite a few of them. Well, we probably start with semantics and disambiguation. What do we count as bugs? Because that's that's a very general and not particularly scientific classification. Uh, So, I hear the word bug. I think of... um, the bug wonder from mighty mouse uh which was bat bat's sidekick and the bug wonder was like this little red oval with legs that made little high-pitched noises and so for me that is the iconic bug but as far as a category i mean you got your insects you got your arachnids some people would categorize like worms and stuff as bugs i would not personally oh see i would i would i would definitely because they're insects worms Yes. They, 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 they don't have six legs. They have no legs. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're still insects. God, now I'm questioning everything. Okay, I mean, well, what about okay. crustaceans? Uh, crustaceans? Oh, yeah, see, for me, and this is not scientific, it's a size thing. Uh, like a shrimp, I would call a bug. A lobster, I would not call a bug, even though it is very clearly just a giant goddamn angry sea bug. Hmm. Interesting. So, despite it being a bug, you wouldn't classify it as a bug. You would call it a bug, but not, like, put it in the bug category. It's uh, emotional taxonomy, not uh, logical, you know? I just have to follow my heart. Which, do bugs have hearts? I don't know. I'm not a bugologist. Yeah, I don't actually know very much about bugs. We are so qualified for these topics. I recall us at some point having Googled whether spiders fart, but I don't actually remember what we came up with. Uh... I'm going to say yes, because it's funnier that way. But, okay, let's talk about bugs in our own lives, because I know when you chose this topic, my brain immediately went to the house that we shared in North Carolina. Oh, yes, the house that we share not only with each other and our housemates, but with roughly one million camel crickets. Yeah, so listeners, if you're not familiar with camel crickets, I don't know why they're called camel crickets. I assume Uh, based on their size. 
Possibly, yes. But they look a lot like rust monsters in Dungeons and Dragons. You could you could Google that, or I guess you could just Google Camel Cricket, which would be more accurate. Or you could do both. Whatever, it's your life. Uh, but they are these crickets that jump extremely high. They don't really make noise the way that you're used to standard crickets doing so. Um, but they're gross and they're scary. And they're everywhere. And our bedroom was this big bedroom in, like, the basement of this this falling-apart old house. And the boiler room was sort of like a giant closet, a giant unfinished basement that was a closet in our bedroom. And that's where all the camel crickets lived. That's where they bred. That's where their hidden empire was built deep beneath the earth, I assume. The thing about crickets is that in addition to, like, jumping really high and being kind of weird in general, they smell so bad. Crickets they smell really gross. Do. If you've ever, like, had a carnivorous lizard or something like this, you know what I'm talking about. Crickets are icky. Yeah. I mean, uh, apologies to any crickets who might be listening to the episode, but you're gross. Uh, so, yeah, we ended up, like, uh, cramming a, a bed sheet under the door of this boiler room basement closet thing and just hoping that would be enough that they wouldn't get out. But they did. We'd still find them everywhere. Or, more accurately, we'd find bits of them everywhere thanks to our housemate's cat oh no no we found whole live ones pretty everywhere too there was definitely a period of time when i just didn't want to be naked anywhere in the house because insects who jump up to four feet should not be in the same rooms as human nudity yeah that's legit so um they were the worst and they were slightly traumatic um i'm sure they play an important role in the ecosystem but uh, i i i cannot accept that i'm not Um, sure they play an important role in the ecosystem i think they might just be assholes you know, uh, without evil, there can be no good. They are the dark side of the insect force. See, as I'm reading a lot of, like, Reformation and Enlightenment-era philosophy right now, I question that. Oh, okay. Well, it's an area of some debate. Uh, maybe if I'd actually finished that philosophy minor back in undergrad, we would have gotten to the cricket part. I don't know. I mean, this is this is a graduate class, so it, it, it may be sort of the, the more advanced uh, cricket, cricket um, philosophy. Wasn't situation? cricket the more advanced version of Highlights for Children? No, the magazine. is a more advanced version of Ladybug. It's unrelated to Highlights for Children, except that they're both okay. publications for kids. Cricket is an awesome magazine, actually. Everything that I hate about real crickets, I love about Cricket the Magazine. <laughs> you, sh- you should just send them that as a letter. Just nothing else. No no signature, no context, just that. Man, I should have put that in my cover letter when I applied for a job there. I bet I would have gotten it. <laughs> just have that be your entire cover letter? Yes. Yes, nothing nothing about how, how much I loved the magazine as a kid, nothing about how it really, really, you know, informed my tastes in literature and, and really kind of defined my standards for, for kids, and, you know, for kids' publications. Just, just, I hate crickets, but I love this magazine. <laughs> they would have hired you on the spot. I would not mind having this magazine infest my house. I, I would say that's a vivid mental image, but no, that is no mental image. I cannot picture what that would be like. I mean, I had a ton of, like, old back issues in the shelf for a long time. Well, yeah, but if if something has infested your house, I feel like it's, you know, doing things of its own volition that you would not want it to do. So, you know, those magazines would be flapping around like little paper birds. It would actually have been super awesome if they'd bred, because then I would have had more issues. Oh, man. Oh, you could have studied, like, uh, magazine genetics? Yeah. Oh, hey, there's a siren. So, um, fun fact, listeners, we live adjacent, respectively, to a firehouse and a hospital. So there are sirens sometimes during Hawk Talk. They get edited out of the actual podcast. 
Yeah, yeah, the only siren we tend to have in that one is uh, Teresa Rourke, or Teresa Cassidy, depending on how she's uh, calling herself at that point. You might say that Hawk Talk itself is at times a little buggy. Hey, see, 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 it all, it all comes together. Right? Uh, but okay, so there were the camel crickets, and they were terrible, um, yes. back at Houselvania in North Carolina. And in Castle Sexy Dracula, we don't really have much in the way of bugs inside, like, you know, some occasionally. Oh, but there are but... the spiders. Right, outside. There is the Orb Weaver Empire. I love them. They're great. So Orb Weavers, um, I don't know, I mean they're just kinda like spiders. They they build webs, they're very, they very fast. They don't they don't bite humans, or at least if they try, it doesn't work. I don't know. They've they've never bitten me. They've really never gotten in my face at all. Um but yeah, they're, they're very chill, they're weavers. very uninterested in people. They just have a great name because based on their name, they are clearly wizards. Yes. They are they are wizard speed quick too like we would we would park the car run inside for something come out and find a web thoroughly connecting the car to the house oh yeah no it, it, it was amazing um they i think they utilize the speed force from dc comics it's possible um but orb weavers are cool like i know a lot of people have arachnophobia it's, it's a common phobia and um you know that respect i i am sorry that that is a challenging thing for a lot of people i feel bad spiders have never really spiders are rad spiders are cool yeah um the only time that a spider really freaked me out was when i was running around in the woods near my house with a friend when i was a kid and um all of a sudden noticed that there was a giant banana spider right in my face because there's a there was a web right across the the path and i stopped just in time to have it not be on my face and those suckers are big yeah they're not particularly dangerous but they are enormous yeah and you know spiders are cool but like maybe spiders not on my face Remember, we grew up in Florida, which is roughly the Australia of the United States. Uh, yeah, no, the, the real nasties in Florida were the giant, well, not, I say giant cockroaches. There are actually things called giant cockroaches. The, these were not, but they were large. And uh, also, of course, the state bird of Florida, mosquitoes. God, the mosquitoes were everywhere. Speaking of, of state things, um, one of the things that I always go straight to when it comes to bugs was the Dave Barry column um, about, I think, specifically trying to find a state insect for Florida, and specifically the the winning entry, or the one that he decided had, had a sufficient argument that it should be adopted. Oh, uh, right. As I recall, wasn't that uh, a child writing in to say it should be the ladybug because you can use them as board game pieces? Yes. Yes, it was. You know, I, I can't argue with that logic, and your board game's gonna get a little more interesting, because they're gonna, like, wander off, presumably. Yeah, they got stuff to do. They do. Um, that said, I do recall visiting our friend Shannon in um, West Virginia at one point during Ladybugs Are Everywhere season, and, oh man, oh man, there were so many. They were like love bugs during love bug mating season in Florida. Yeah, like most things, they get less charming once you've dealt with an infestation. <laughs> that, that's a good way of putting it yes yeah oh man like i consider myself pretty charming but if there was an infestation of miles's that that would be bad be oh yeah apologies bad. if anyone hears like a gentle hissing noise i'm darning a sock while we record this and that's that's yarn passing through sock oh i, I would have just said it was a hissing cockroach and we could stay on topic it's a hissing cockroach who's helping me darn a sock <laughs> thanks hissing cockroach they're very dexterous they have lots of little pointy legs they're really things. smart and they're friendly cockroaches are cockroaches get a bad rap so i know people don't like cockroaches and they think they're gross and they think they're they're bad and they do tend to be bad for people with asthma but they're also generally like they're pretty smart and they're pretty chill as bugs go like the regular larger cockroaches that get into places don't tend to swarm 
they really just like want to hang out and then leave. They're they're like they're like the kind of dumb golden retrievers of the bug world. <laughs> okay, that does make me like them more right? as someone who has historically been really grossed out by cockroaches. Yeah, like they're very clean too. Like they groom themselves. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Cockroaches, I, I take back all the bad things I've said about you. And, like, I think I've probably killed a few of you, too. So, uh, uh sorry. I mean, they're, they're still not great. They're still not things you want to have large numbers of in your home. But, like, they're not they're not the ones that infest the way the small ones do. Oh, okay. And I know that's something that's always creeped you out, like the idea of swarming bugs, right? I am against things that swarm. No, uh, that's, that's fair. Um, do you remember that old Spider-Man character, Swarm? No, but I do remember Spider's Man. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's just a bunch of spiders, like a bunch a of a, a bunch of spiders who think they're Peter Parker, who collectively think they're Peter Parker. It's a great. I, that's such a great concept. It's I actually really Swarm. sad and fucked up. It's, it's not well, nearly it's, as funny as you'd hope. In it's still a great concept. It is Aww. a great concept. Uh, so I remember Swarm from Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, that old '70s, I think, Spider-Man cartoon with Firestar and Iceman that I grew up on and loved. And yeah, it doesn't uh, hold up, but. Uh, swarm was this like group of bees i think in the shape of a human that would just say swarm isn't it also kind of a nazi i mean probably uh strangely the children's cartoon did not talk about nazis so i couldn't say for sure it's important you gotta (laughs) teach your kids about nazi swarms of things yeah yeah no punch every nazi but if you're gonna punch a nazi swarm of bees then like i don't know wear a thick glove or something well maybe like spray it with something Oh, okay. Yeah. Anti-Nazi spray. Or whatever. I like bees, though. Bees are great. Bees are pretty great. Bumblebees are fucking adorable. Oh, bumblebees are, but other bees are, too. Like, so so my wife used to keep bees. And she stopped because it didn't work for her to go out to her parents' place, which is in a rural area where it's, it's more beekeeping friendly than, like, New York City apartments are, generally. Hmm. Most of them have, have lease clauses saying you can't have bees in here. But, um... They don't allow bees in here. They do not allow bees in here. But um, apparently the hives kept on getting eaten by something, and it just didn't make sense to keep doing. But um, bees are super cool. And one of the things that I really love about bees is that they are incredibly, incredibly responsive to how you approach them. So, like, if you're chill around bees, bees will be chill around you. And they'll just sort of be curious and friendly and, and explore a little bit and maybe sort of brush up against you or sit on you a little. But they'll mostly just sort of leave you alone and do their own thing. And if you freak out when you're near them, they'll freak out and sting you. Oh, and that doesn't work out for anybody, because bees die when they sting, right? Well, when they sting humans, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, they can sting, like, little things and be okay? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, our skin is thick enough that their their stingers get caught and torn off in it. But Ooh. normally they're just sort of a defensive mechanism. Oh, well, um, god, I'm... When I get defensive, I just get passive-aggressive, and if my passive-aggressive, like, got pulled off in somebody's skin and then I died, then I would have died a long time ago. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so, if we're talking about bees, I oh. have to talk about Buzz Off. If you must. I must. So, Buzz Off is a He-Man character. He's, I don't know, he's a fucking bee. I don't know what the plot is of He-Man. Like, it's a bunch of is dudes wearing bondage gear or just a bee? He's what? Is he, like, an anthropomorphic bee, or is he just a bee? He's anthropomorphic, yeah. He's, like, a like a human, a very muscular squat human, because it's He-Man, um, shaped bee, but his hands are, like, little bee claw pincher things that i don't think bees actually have but he does huh. so he's kind of a and lobster he's, bee 
he's kind of a lobster bee, yeah. And he's and he's got like uh, an insecty face, but he also has this helmet he wears that has big compound eyes attached to it. So okay, but he he's doesn't got, have like, big his... compound eyes. He has small compound eyes. He still has uh-huh. a bug face, but like his helmet is a more exaggerated bug face. Okay, and your version of him on on um, Garden Plots with Skeletor also fucks flowers. He does fuck flowers. Yeah, we've probably mentioned Garden Plots with Skeletor before. It is a podcast we have both been on, Jay more than me, involving Skeletor having a gardening show and also like scheming and stuff. Um, and uh, mostly yes, scheming about played, gardening. Uh, yes, the character I've played twice is is Buzzoff, um, who uh, pollinates the old fashioned way. So it's basically just me doing a slightly buzzy version of my sexy dracula voice and it's delightful um so so it's interesting that that buzz off is a specifically male character because bees are basically the lesbian separatists of the bug world you know you're you're, you're not wrong that's that's true i kind of actually they're sort of the genderqueer lesbian separatists of the bug world uh genderqueer how so well bee gender doesn't really correspond directly to human gender so if we're if we're going to ascribe sexual orientation with them or sexual orientation to them, we've got to acknowledge that that, that isn't going to line up along equivalent lines either. Okay, well, I mean, I know you have, like, your queen and your drones. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how, how B-sex works out. Like, I can I can see if T wants to come in and explain it. I, I, I'm intrigued by B-sex. I, uh, it might help my occasional performances as Buzz-Off on Garden Plus with Skeletor. But Hold I don't on know just that a they're... second, I'll be right back. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, talk, uh, talk to the people. Tell them secrets. I'll, I don't know. I'll talk to you, listeners, while Jay goes and asks his wife about how bees fuck. Uh, so, yes, here we are. Here is, like, uh, me just talking. I don't do solo podcasting. I have friends that do. They tend to script it. And this is this is even less scripted than our regular episodes. But something yeah, one learns as a podcaster, especially when one is testing audio, uh, is just to go back and forth saying essentially nothing, but still filling the silence. Oh, wait, hang on. Okay, I've got tea, and she will tell us all about B-Sex. Just a second. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. So this is T. This is Jay's wife. Hi, Miles. How are you? Hey, T. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing really well. Um, And I guess hi to all your Hawk Talk listeners out there. I hear that... Um, you want to hear something about bee sex. So. Uh, yeah, we, Jay and I know very little about bee sex, as it turns out. Uh, so. I already told Miles that bees are lesbian separatists, but more complicated. They are. That, that's all I got. Com- and yeah. I, I really need some clarification. Okay. So, so bees, primarily, when we talk about bees, what we're talking about are um, what we would typically dub as female. Um when you're talking about, you know, because because in humans really have more than two sexes, but there's really two sexes that most people fall into. Bees, most bees fall into one sex category. Okay. So basically, when bees are born, they pick one bee who's going to be the queen. And they feed her this special stuff called royal jelly. That makes Whoa. her like magically equipped to lay eggs, and there's a little bit more to that. There's there's specific um, egg cells that are more adaptable to become queens than others. So basically, they pick one, and she gets fed royal jelly, which basically makes her into the queen. And so the queen is the only one who is able to lay eggs, and some okay. of those eggs are going to be male eggs. 
And male in this, in this case, basically what male means, it doesn't really mean male the way we think of it. It basically means that they only have enough genetic material to mate and die. Um, so they're basically just there to spread their genetic material. And then there are what we would call female eggs that have enough genetic material to not just exist, but also to have a categorized job within the hive. So when you start talking about B gender, it gets complicated because technically, if we're talking about gender the same way we talk about gender with people, soldier would be a gender and worker would be a gender and harvester would be a gender and all of those things would be considered genders because that's essentially how bees divide themselves. But when you're talking about them from a, um, a chromosomal sex category, they're really all female because those males, they just exist long enough that the queen can mate with them and then she stores all their genetic material inside of her until she's mm-hmm. ready to lay eggs. I think that's everything. Wow. Th- thank you for the thorough uh, bee-splaining. That's fascinating. Well, it wasn't super thorough, but I think it was the basics. And I'm going to go back to um, buying holiday gifts in the other room. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, T. Wow. Well, I, I feel so much more informed. I, right? I-, I feel like this may be a-, a genuinely, legitimately educational hawk talk, which it very seldom is. B-gender. 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 But it's like... It's more like roles or like a cast thing or like, Oh, wait, T says she's got something more she wants to come in and say. Oh, good. Okay. I just find it really important that once you understand bee gender, it's also really important to understand that Stinger, a.k.a. Sean Bean and Jupiter Ascending, is therefore trans character because he is a soldier bee and all soldier bees are technically chromosomally female. Nice. Excellent. (laughs) Also, they can sense royalty. I, I still need to see that movie. I've been so excited about it since I heard about it, and everybody who tells me how bad it is makes me want to see it more, and everyone who tells me how good it is makes me want to see it more. I just need to see it. It's both. It's a lot of fun. I, I can get into that. It's, I mean, the thing with the Wachowski's movies is, like, whether they're good or bad is almost not relevant. Like, some of them are definitely good, but, like, that's not why I see the Wachowski's movies. Right. They just intensely are. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh... Wow, I'm so sidetracked by thinking about all of these bee-like complexities. That's not um, sidetracking, man. We're talking about bugs. That's, like, perfectly on topic. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, Buzz-Off, I, I don't know where Buzz-Off fits in. I do know that small children tend to be very, like, gender essentialist in a human way. Mm-hmm. Often. And uh, I certainly was as a small child, and I slept with Buzz-Off, like a Buzz-Off toy. I would occasionally lose him behind the bed and wake my parents up crying because oh. Buzz-Off was missing. Um and so, yeah, maybe if Buzzoff had been, like, uh, a, a female-presenting character, I wouldn't have been as into her because kids are dumb when they're me. Well, based on the logic that T described regarding Stinger, Buzzoff is at least definitely transmasculine. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think so. Which, you know, Buzzoff, respect. Also, that uh, black and yellow striped, like, chest plate thing you have, respect there, that's a good look. Oh, man, now that we're talking about bees and we're talking about bee-related characters, I gotta talk about Red Bee. The Red Bee! Yes, please. Okay, so Red Bee was a Golden Age superhero from, from like, Golden Age anthology comics who who shows up in some later stuff. But the Golden Age version is important. And Red Bee's deal is he's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a bee. Yeah, that's... that that's it, it's, a, it's a special bee. It is that's a single... That's true. It is, it is, it is, it is one, a bee, one who, special is, bee. who is trained to do things like disrupt 
um, legal processes. Uh, also, the bee's name is Michael. Hi, Michael. Uh, he's he's got some other stuff too. Like he's got he's got fancy laser zap guns, but um, but mostly he's just got the bee. Michael he keeps bee. it in his belt buckle, right? He does. He does. I don't know how bees would feel about that, about being, like, confined for a long period of time. Like, I know their hives are kind of confined-ish. I, I just know Michael is, is trained to deal with it. Maybe. Uh, Michael seems like an extremely impressive bee. Like, Oh, yes, if, he is. He is He is definitely a, a wildly atypical bee. I'm, I'm, I'm referring to Michael as he, since that's how Red Bee refers to him. And I assume Red Bee has, can communicate in enough depth with Michael to understand, you know, how, how Michael personally identifies and reflect that in, in the pronouns he uses. Yeah, no, I, I feel like the Red Bee is uh, a pretty a pretty progressive, like, open-minded person. He has a super awesome costume, too. Like, he has these red and yellow striped tights and um, big chiffon sleeves. Does he wear those to court? God, I hope so. Oh, I hope so, too. Wow, Red Bee, keep on keeping on. Like, all right, if they make more DC movies, I'm sure they will. Uh, the Red Bee needs to be the next one. Okay. So, Zack yeah, Snyder's so I think, I think bee. bees might be the best bugs. Bees are pretty good. Okay, I'm thinking of other bugs. I mean, in real life, uh, I would be hard-pressed to disagree with you. I do like dragonflies a lot. I think dragonflies are really cool-looking. As a child, I loved them. They were all over where I grew up. Um, They just... I don't know, they look like little aircraft, almost. Like these weird little spaceshipy things. The way they're the way they're shaped. I don't know. At least that's how they always seem to me. Oh, actually, can I go back to bees for a second? There's one other thing Please? I want to I describe. Um, They're... So one of the great things about nature photography is that you got to label the photos. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you know details, and sometimes you just label them descriptively. And that's how in, in uh, a, a USGS, this is a, a U.S. government um, thing, the U.S. Geological Survey file, there is, there is, there is a, a, a photograph of a bee that is labeled simply, Be Cute Furry Face. <laughs> and it is. Aww. It is a cute bee with a furry face. Good, good, well done. I will, I will text bee. you a link to it right now so that you you two can can see the beauty of this bee, cute furry face. Oh, thank you, uh, listeners. I'm sorry I can't share this uh, text with you, but I, maybe we'll post it when we post the episode. Bee, cute furry face, M Argentina. Oh, that is a cute bee with a furry face. Right. There are other pictures of it too. If you Google it, you get you get the full set. Um, <laughs> the full photo shoot. It's really cute. It's a really good bee. Oh man. Uh. Oh yeah, it really is. Nice, right? Bug Look at it. It's, it's, it's got that just sort of really cute plaintive face. Aw, uh, but okay. I feel like we can't just talk about bees as great as bees are because there are oh. so many other bugs to talk about. There are other good bugs. That's true. We did. We talked about other bugs. We talked about ladybugs. We talked about cockroaches. We talked about camel crickets. I kind of want to talk about more fictional bugs. Like okay. we we touched on that with Buzz Off, mm -hmm. but um, I'm thinking of, for instance xenomorphs from alien slash the brood from x-men slash the zerg from starcraft wait a minute wait a minute you said there was a size cap though if lobsters aren't bugs then none of those get to be bugs i feel like when you're going into science fictiony stuff and something can most easily be compared to a bug then it sort of counts as bug-like at least what about science fictional lobsters uh now I'm trying to think of science fictional lobsters. I'm sure they exist. Um, I, I'm thinking of Bill? Bill and Don. Bill and Don. Are Bill and Don bugs? Well, Bill and Don are like actual lobsters. They are specifically lobsters. It's just that they're very smart and one is a mutant. Yes. So, I mean, they're great. Uh, you know, come to think of it, 
didn't we get a tease of Bill in that first House of X poster? And did Bill ever show up? I feel like Bill showed up somewhere very minor briefly, but it wasn't one of the core X-Men titles. Bill has not had the, the central role that he should. I want a Bill miniseries, yeah. I mean, we talked about this in the Fallen Angels uh, episode, which I still remember was called Die Hard with a Lobster. Yes. Even though it was like years ago. I mean, it was it was an important episode. It was about Bill. It was. Also Fallen Angels, which is a great series. Uh, but I don't know. But like for, for these fictional creatures, like I would call the Zerg bugs, uh, I think. Um, I would uh, call the brood bugs or sleezoids. That's also acceptable. But just See, this I idea. I wouldn't so that... much with the brood. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're not really. They're much more z- xenomorphs and they don't really have, they're not, they're not, they're not buggy. I mean, they have stingers. They have like those legs. They have they have those bug legs. They're eyes. bipedal. Uh, no, the the most brood have um more legs. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's it's they're, they're they have insect like qualities. They're insect. I think that's part of. Yeah, and I think that's good for horror. I mean, we see that in Alien, the Brood, and Starcraft. Just because uh, insects, bugs, they they're just so so very inherently alien. Like they are so not us. Like you know, a mammal, a dog, or a cat. We're like, well, you're not the same as a human, but we have a lot of the same stuff. I can identify with this creature, and it's much harder to identify with you know, like a house centipede for me. Okay, but what if like the dog had a million legs? Oh man, I don't know, but I definitely have seen short videos where people give their small dog a Halloween costume that is like a bunch of tarantula legs that look like its fur, and so when it's when it runs around, it just looks like a skittering spider, and people are scared. And probably that's a mean prank prank to play, but it's also delightful. On whom would it be a prank? Like, who's gonna look at it and be like, "Oh my god, it's an extraordinarily large spider with the face of our dog." Well, no, I mean, like, if you're just walking down the street and all of a sudden you see this thing coming around the corner, like, I would freak out. I mean, or you're just in Australia. Oh, yeah, where that's just normal. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it could be worse. It could be a reaver. I'm always going to remember the story of the giant spiders in the Iraqi desert that our friend Sean told. Um, these these oh, yeah. enormous, I don't think they're true spiders, but these enormous, like, fist-sized spiders that would follow people. And would apparently mm-hmm. chase them, not because they were chasing people, but because people cast shadows, and the shadows were cooler, and they were trying to stay in the shade. <laughs> oh, poor creatures. Also, poor terrified people running away from them, I guess. But to no, to no avail, because the, the more you run, the more they follow, because they just want to be in the shadow. <laughs> That's so endearing. I can respect that. I guess. Oh, man. Um, so, I don't know. Bugs, I mean, I guess we just talked about a bug. There was that weird school marm Magneto Goblin that was kind of insectoid, but I know we're not supposed to talk about X-Men very much during Hawk Talk, but still, that counts. I guess. Uh, do you have any favorite bug-related media? Ooh. I, I don't off the top of my head. I, I've... I, I feel like people inappropriately using the entire script of B-movie might be my favorite bug-related media. Wait, inappropriately? Huh? What? B, I mean, B-movie you know, was that like, Jerry like Seinfeld sending it to people movie. in response to inappropriate things on OkCupid? Okay <laughs> Just the entire script? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so Dadaist. I appreciate that. It's As far as I know, that's what B-movie is good for. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen that, nor have I seen Ants or A Bug's Life. Likewise, the, likewise, uh, you know, and likewise. 
the the, the trifecta of bug movies i i guess i don't know i mean i like like nature films about bugs they're interesting they tend to be really really cool uh i so my favorite bug media is a video game from a few years back called hollow knight Mm -hmm. um which is you you play this little bug character with who uses a nail as a sword and it's you're just like delving through this fallen empire of bug people like learning about its history and what caused its collapse and stuff and it's it's like really melancholy and immersive and moody and it's all about bug people is it like is it narrated by sir david attenborough it is not narrated whatsoever, although that would definitely change the, the tone of the game. I, not necessarily for the worse, but different. But I, I don't know, like, I it manages to humanize bugs very, very well. Like, you know, one of my favorite characters is a dung beetle, who's this, like, super traditional medieval knight for some reason. Should bugs be humanized, though? I feel like we need to appreciate and accept that they don't always work the way that we do, and that's okay. That is okay, yeah. And of course, uh, conversely, should humans be bug-eyed? Yes. It's kind of like that thing where you Google your name, the hedgehog. I feel like maybe you could do that with, you know, your name, the millipede. Miles the millipede? Oh, that's that's just too easy. No, that's, just, that's too Miles easy. Miles the pede. Miles the pede. Does that mean I have Miles numbers of feet? I guess that means I have two. Uh, possibly. It, it, it might sort of work in, in, in the way that parsecs work in Star Wars. <laughs> Which is to say, they have uh, an incorrect usage very early on that every subsequent piece of media attempts to work around and justify why Han Solo said that. Exactly. But, like, I did appreciate that it was a... Yeah, okay, okay. I, uh, no, that's, that, that seems reasonable. Okay, so um, I want to go back to dragonflies though, because we got back on bees. So dragonflies are great; they're cool. Um, they're they're pretty colors. They're shaped kind of cool. The 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 ships in Dune kind of look like them. But what I mainly remember was my dad telling me that his very Lutheran parents told him that if he ever said a bad word, dragonflies would come and sew up his mouth. What the shit? Yeah, yeah, so he was, like, terrified of dragonflies as a child, because he feared they were just waiting and watching for him to slip up, and then they'd sew up his fucking mouth! What the- that's- that's really fucked up, but it's also just really weird. Yeah, I know, why dragonflies? Like, why specifically dragonflies? I guess their tails, you could see maybe you're kind of like sewing needles, because they're long and thin, I I guess? Maybe? Maybe because they seem like they'd be large enough to? Uh, maybe. Or, I mean, dragonflies are well-known to be prudes. I suppose there's that. I- I guess? As opposed to damselflies. Which, you know, probably just ties into the- the virgin whore dichotomy that permeates so much of the patriarchy that dragonflies embody. I feel like we should probably wrap it up there. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, you're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Hawk Talk, where we talk hawks. This week's hawks have been bugs, featuring guest, um hawk talker t fugner we will be back next week with more onslaught on jay and miles explain the x-men for now thanks for listening goodbye